0: I'm just here, here for my wife, and uh, we're here for, for our First Amendment rights. Uh, did, did, you never read her Miranda rights, did you? Yeah, you should have read her the Miranda rights, but you didn't. So I think this is a kangaroo court. We should have this whole thing thrown out. Uh, you know, the first article of the Constitution, uh, something else. And then that's how we're going to do this, hey? Eh? And, and then, of course, it was like, what the f*** are you talking about? You, you, you're in Canada. She, she doesn't have Miranda rights. That's, that's an American thing. What, what are you talking about? Constitution? We have the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Why, why are you, why are you invoking the American Constitution? Like that has no power here. It, it, it cannot help you. Like what, what are you trying to do? with this, but I, I feel like so many times because, like you know, their understanding of the law was just so tenuous that they thought if we just say the right series of words out loud, we will conjure a magic spell that'll make all of this go away. <laughs> Uh, apparently this new song by jordan peterson called wake up i just want to hear what it is if it's not him singing i won't listen to it for very long if it's just like you know he commissioned someone else to play it but if it's going to be like wake up mother's here cultural marxism will dominate the planet
1: you so alone you should be doing something you could have built a home but now you're on your own you should be acting well you should climb off your throne and see
2: what you've
0: been sure okay you clearly were not looking in the mirror sir when you made this feel like there's a lot of i don't know self-reports going on
1: you might think this is
0: they definitely got like a floyd cover band to to bring this to life it says song by jordan peterson though wake up so i guess he wrote this down like you should get off your throne no lords or masters only mother mother controls us all all right go sing bring it to life my angels should be This is weird, right? Like, this is really weird. Just everything aesthetically to to the lyrics, to the fact that Jordan Peterson wrote this. Like, I, I feel like this would be more appropriate in, like, a haunted house setting or something. Like, this is, like, the fourth room you walk into, and then there's, like, all these weird skulls and, like, you know, uh, white children standing around, and the song starts playing.
1: You on your you
0: yeah, just utterly bizarre. All right, everybody. Uh, Obviously, I'm going to be moving on to talking about uh, Ukraine and Russia, but we do have to do a quick little uh, requiem for what took place starting Friday, moved on through Saturday, went on till Sunday. And that, of course, was uh, the final collapse of the trucker occupation in Ottawa. If you'd like to know my full thoughts and history as to what happened, uh, how it happened, uh, the things that both the left and the right got wrong, the uh, complicity of the, uh, the conservatives, uh, the embarrassing uh, display uh, by the liberals, everything. Uh, I put it into a single video. You can go check it out. YouTube.com has the Search TV. Uh, we did it in collaboration with It Could Happen Here podcast, uh, which is uh, Robert Evans' magnificent uh, foray into uh, radical extremism, stuff like that. Uh, I had already a handful of people email me saying, and these people have been emailing me about this, and they've been mad about my coverage for a while, telling me that like, yes, Lance, the far right elements are bad, but you have to recognize that this was in fact a workers rally, and even if they're not politically aligned with you, uh, that uh, you should have been supporting the workers, and you didn't, and that is a a shameful display on your part. Um, And uh, I, I almost feel like just making a copy pasta to respond to each one, I really... I really should have done that instead of just giving like one-liners like I disagree or things like that. But anyways, a a workers revolt, uh, let's say a general strike or even like a union strike. Uh, Typically what that is, is you will band together with fellow workers in your organization. Uh, If you decide to, you will strike in order to gain bargaining power from your employer. You will leverage uh, the lost surplus value from your absence, uh, forcing your employer to recognize your union and then giving you bargaining power. Uh, It is not for a nebulous term like freedom, freedom. I think a lot of people kind of forgot along the way how everything came to be and uh, how the whole thing started out as being uh, anti-mandate and then accelerated from anti-mandate to all COVID measures and then accelerated from that to freedom. That was by design. That was the organizers trying to get a more sympathetic message out because a lot of people in the initial stages were saying, well, this just seems to be a bunch of anti-vaxxers and a whole bunch of anti-science people and yeah, we can easily dismiss them. So they evolved the entire thing to talk about freedom. And freedom was an international cry, one that was heard far and wide. And of course, Fox News was all over it. So was the president or the, well, I guess you still call presidents presidents. Donald Trump was all over it. Uh, Ron DeSantis, your Ted Cruz, and then uh, Nigel Farage, Boris, everyone globally was like, yes, freedom. I I, I believe in freedom. I love freedom. But what does freedom mean to me? Well, don't ask me to define it, but I too love freedom. And then, of course, the crackdown happens starting on Friday, continued into Saturday, and then kind of pitted out by Sunday. uh, And most of the area has now been cleared. Now, here's the thing. I think that uh, uh, police uh, brutality should be called out, and it doesn't matter if it's happening to the left or to the right. Just in general, it should be called out. Uh, there's a lot of times when we watch uh, incidents, which people would describe, including myself, as, you know, uh, the, you know, fash versus fashion, state versus state, things like that. January 6th was uh, one such incident. The events that happened in Canada were very different than January 6th in that um that was one of the most uh non-violent mass events in terms of policing that i have seen that's not to say that there wasn't violence and it's not to say that they didn't uh do things that i thought endangered uh the people in which they were trying to control it was crowd control at the end of the day crowd control of lots and lots of people and crowd control of lots and lots of people who have never met state power face to face And you can also tell that a lot of people in Fox News have not seen state power utilized uh, in such a way and that they were all gassed. Um, Some things that I can call out immediately is I don't think that uh, lines of horses, people on horses, should be used to try and break a barrier line between uh, the two separate groups, that being of the police, the enforcers, and that being of the protesters or the occupiers on the other side, because a lot of bad things can happen. Now, was a person trampled to death as was reported first by things like Rebel News and then echoed by other sentiments and then eventually by Ted Cruz himself? No, that is false. In fact, it is absolutely shocking to me how few hospitalizations there were uh, from an event that included, uh, you know, thousands of occupiers or just uh, hangers-on or protesters and hundreds and hundreds of police officers uh, in terms of, yes... It was slow, and I remember when I was watching it live. A lot of people who were watching my stream were like, "This is, this is weird." You know, as, as an American, it's just weird to see police being uh, quite so friendly. I mean, even the cops are friendlier in Canada, saying things like that. And I was like, "No, they're not. That they they are being very whatever you want to call it professional in, in this regard in this protest because this is also something new, uh, and they know what will happen if there is skulls getting cracked." But If I was to point towards other protests, because one thing I had to watch the entirety of the Jimmy Dore uh, because I hadn't watched it yet. I hadn't watched it in its entire. I was going to watch it on stream. But then so many things kept happening. But I hadn't seen the actual Jimmy Dore expose where he actually went after the Teamsters in Canada. He went after the Canadian Teamsters Union. But the entire thing was like, I have never seen in all my life. Okay, uh, people actually holding it to the oligarchs, to the elites like these truckers have in Canada. Never before in my life. And I was like, well, I, I guess you've lived a very, either like echo chamber, sheltered, privileged life, because uh, you might not know this, but there's been an occupation going on in Canada for a long time that does directly impact capital. And that is the old growth deforestation in northern BC, of which over 800 people have been arrested, of which there has been a lot of police brutality, of which it has still not stopped. That occupation is still going on today. And the police are doing things like ripping off their masks, pepper spraying them, tackling to the ground. But obviously, that not even a whisper from Mr. Jimmy Dore at that time. If that is if that is the way you see the world, if your if your idea of capitalism is that it's a video game and that if you can just get off enough hit points on the capitalism, you'll somehow unlock the final boss, which may be socialism or communism, and if you can defeat them, then then all of a sudden that happens, if that's your view. If if your idea of a strike is just to damage capital for the sake of damaging capital with no real tenu like demands on the other end, you're not you're not actually saying, "Hey, by the way, this general strike uh we are seeking this hey by the way this union strike we are seeking this hey by the way just the only thing at the end of the rainbow being freedom like freedom can mean anything to anyone it, it, again it's it's a very generic statement if someone is just like yes i'm striking oh what are you striking for freedom i i hope to achieve freedom but by, by the end of the strike it's like okay well then how will you know when your goals are met oh i'll know oh it's it's coming don't don't worry i'll know yeah And again, the thing that pissed me off about that more than anything was having him, and yes, Richard Wolf. I I put Richard Wolf in the video too because at the end of the day they were just going back and forth on this, it's this idea that if people in other countries, you know, not not in America, but if people in other countries are doing actions that effectively damage an institution, it it may damage uh, a coal plant or it may damage uh, a bank or it may damage this, uh, that in and of itself is is a victory just because of the nature of what is happening because it's it's in our opinion it's damaging capital but again you're not transforming anything through the process and the worst thing that came from all of this is you know who ended up winning were the capital class were were the bourgeoisie and also the government in this case the liberal government Because if they're going to put through sweeping measures, which, by the way, they still do have to vote on making those measures permanent, uh, and specifically measures that go towards financial institutions, uh, credit unions, uh, fundraising platforms, payment processors. Payment processors is a massive one. But if they go forward with that, if that becomes permanent, then those institutions, those financial institutions, crowdfunding sources, payment processors, will, uh, of their own judgment, have to find out and determine on a continuing basis if what they're doing uh, colludes with uh, people who are using the fundraising for illegal activities. Um, that is a very scary precedent as well because, again, I think if someone's bank account is going to be frozen, it should be done with, yes, a judge's order, a court order. That, that I don't want that to become a permanent rule in this country. And again, who's that going to benefit? So if you just take a step back because it was all exciting for so long, everyone was really jazzed up and it was like, oh, yes, something's happening on the streets. I, 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 I can't properly explain it, but it, it feels... Is this a revolution? Have Is this the revolution? Is, is it happening right now? I, instead of this thing that it wasn't astroturfed by the far right. It, it was initiated by the far right. The same four little grifting people who put together the United We Rule rally threw together this one only the biggest difference now was that they had uh, a way of tapping into a very growing angry sentiment a uh, anti-covid measure sentiment a anti-vax sentiment uh, an anti-mandate sentiment and that galvanized a lot of people who then came and joined it and boy the money doth flow because so much money got poured into it suddenly it's like holy fuck we found something there and every single one of them was doing their own variation of the grift okay you had Patrick King who a lot of people like to say well he's not involved he's just a peon in this whole thing and at the end of the day he's just this far right yahoo well this far right person was getting promoted on Fox News on a regular basis on a multiple amount of TV outlets on a regular basis he went all the way to having 20,000 live streamers on a regular basis and he was calling a lot of the shots what a lot of people don't realize if you weren't watching Watching his live streams you don't know that he would sit there sometimes and be like all right I want every single one of you to honk your horns he's doing this from his hotel room by the way the comfort of his hotel and I want to I want to hear it five minutes all of you honk your horns go out to his window and suddenly so it's not as if he had absolutely no control he was a key organizing member he had multiple streams with Tamara Lynch he met with Tamara Lynch on a regular basis um it's it's this idea and I think Glenn Greenwald goes into the exact opposite side of this where he'll be like uh the problem with uh you know the, the the modern left is that they're obsessed with things like far-right radicalization and and they don't realize that it's the elites and then the, you know the global powers that really control uh what what affects their daily lives and i was like they're not completely independent yes the far right does not have power in government in the same way but you have to understand that they can be useful pieces in in the chessboard of politics and in, in geopolitics all the way up to there is a monstrously powerful and large evangelical Christian voting base in the United States, which do have a lot of strong conservative values. Do those values directly line up with people who are into white nationalism? No. But is there a lot of crossover? Yes. Is there crossover with those individuals who will then be seeking government? Is there now an infiltration of various sectors of government by people who used to be considered fringe, like QAnon? I mean, QAnon would have been, you know, far beyond the pale. And now you have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. And yes, yes, she is an exception. She is definitely like an extreme version uh, of what this all leads to. But it doesn't mean that each one of these things is just like independent, teeny little cells that just operate... uh, by themselves, and if we can just crush that, it'll go away forever. It's not as if it gets a lot of funding from other people and very wealthy people who are interested in promoting that kind of stuff. They're not. They're not exclusive. Does Canada have the same vax problems as the United States? uh What do you mean by vax problems? Isn't like a problem with people low vaccination rates? We didn't for the first two shots. We're starting to have a lot lower numbers for the boost because I think that's again, it's it's tying into this whole. COVID fatigue syndrome, people being over it, people being like, well, I've had the first two, I think I'm pretty much good. And then them saying, well, no, it actually would be probably in your best interest to get a third. Anyways, Justin Ling was doing a lot of covering of this, and he says, Now that the Great Honkany is drawing to a close, for now I'm catching up on some work, but I just want to talk about the police operations this weekend because I'm seeing a lot of rather heated talks about the whole thing. For starters, I've covered a lot of crowd control and riot policing operations. I've been beaten and arrested by cops while on the job. I'm working on a book about riot policing and why it needs to be, if not completely banned, at least severely limited. I'm not a police apologist. I'm going to expand on this in a longer piece, but just briefly, the operation I witnessed over the weekend was one of the most cautious, slow, methodical crowd operations I've ever seen. When covered, these things I look for are mass arrests happening? Is the use of force model, i.e., graduating through the risky interventions, still being respected? Is tear gas being deployed preventatively? Are actions putting protesters, bystanders, and vulnerable people at risk? We have seen these tactics deployed, causing significant injury and infringement of civil liberties in Toronto, G20, Montreal during the student strikes, and in British Columbia against in- indigenous activities, etc.? I would have said this weekend's operation was absolutely in contrast to those operations. Neither tear gas nor rubber bullets were deployed. Police lines advanced slowly, predictably, deliberately. "...instead of rushing occupiers and provoking uh, conflict. Arrests were done selectively, and batons were only used when the occupiers resisted arrest. I told some police agencies, which I know to be particularly aggressive, were strongly cautioned against the use of their normal tactics, which is very good. Police pushed occupiers back, but consistently gave them opportunities to leave, or to stay nearby, to avoid arrest. Journalists were not prevented from doing their work, but like protesters, if they got too close to the front lines, they risked pepper spray and batons. Obviously, it wasn't all good. The use of mounted units, police on horses, is bad. It's just actively bad." While the United Kingdom has had some good experiences using mounted units to defuse tumultuous crowd situations, using them in this situation was a recipe for disaster. We're lucky the mounted units were only sent into the crowd once, that I've seen, and it only led to some bruises, but we need to talk about ending the use of mounted units altogether. There has also been reports of officers using their rifle stocks to hit occupiers, that is also bad, but... The histeronics, see New York Times, about officers being equipped with carbines is absurd. Tactical teams were clearing campers and trucks without knowing whether the weapons were present. If a police intervention was inevitable, and lots of discussions to be had on that, then there was no wor- uh, word a world in which unarmed cops going in and asking nicely, in fact they tried that, by staying in the illegal occupation after the repeated warnings, you accept some risk. Crucially, though, the vast majority of those occupiers did not put up a significant resistance. I didn't see an effort, an effort to push police back or throw anything at officers. That's where things can get dicey. But the occupiers' behavior is a huge factor into why this went so well as well. All told, the situation was a logistical nightmare. Thousands of occupiers who refused to leave, with some ready to fight officers, trucks and campers may have been used to contain weapons, and at least one did, and a significant presence of children and elderly folks. In fact, that we got through this with only 200 arrests and a few bruises is incredible. It was far from perfect, but this is an operation that could be studied as a benchmark of how crowd control situations don't need to be as violent and confrontational as they often are. We, of course, ought to consider what a crowd of mostly white folks got this light-touch treatment, while homeless encampments and indigenous occupations get systemically more aggressive and Interventions. It's hard to ignore the stark difference. One addendum: I'm basing this on what I've seen firsthand and what I've watched and heard from officers. All these impressions are based on that. It's possible I miss some egregious police abuses of power, so I reserve the right to change my mind if it comes to light. So yes not here uh to to talk about hey b- by the way the police were incredibly amazing and uh, professional and uh I for one have changed my stance I'm no longer for the abolition of the police force or defunding the police I'm now a pro-cop blue lives matter uh streamer and that's what the stream is going to be I've already I've already got the blue theme you can see my background's already blue so you can tell I'm back in the blue even the surf times logo has some blue in it there you go can't clip these ones out of context not when I've changed my entire system of beliefs uh from the core. Uh, ultimately what should be talked about is twofold. One, the conservative media was aghast, absolutely aghast. I've seen everything and so many memes online of Justin Trudeau is Hitler, just over and over and over. Trudeau is Hitler, Trudeau is Hitler. Yes, uh, this is basically Adolf Trudeau at it again. Uh, And Fox News being like, I have never in my entire life seen such dramatic displays of police brutality, rot upon citizens, Canada has fallen, it no longer exists, it's a made-up country, hey, hey, we, there, there's horseshoe theory for you, but again, I think it may have been some of the first times they've ever seen, because they probably don't watch when there is brutal police violence, um, basically what happens when you have uh, violence at the hand of state power, that, that was probably the first time Fox News experienced that, so to them, they were just like,
1: oh.
0: <laughs> batons, gas, defoliants, horses my word how could this all take place and again yes um the horse uh and the horse uh incident that occurred um that is horrifying to watch i'm not here to say that i'm completely for police tactics being used this way i'm here to say that This double standard that does occur and is incredibly striking to witness the difference that is happening towards indigenous people or uh, environmental protesters or even sometimes striking union drives versus what took place over the weekend. If anything, if they're not going to be getting rid or defunding the police as a result of what happened in Ottawa, then please try and emulate or impart some of those crowd control tactics to other groups because that would be nice to see. It would be nice to see where people aren't getting their skulls cracked in simply for being homeless kind of situations. That would that would, that would be a refreshing change, uh, to say the least, if, if they looked at them uh, as, as fellow Canadians instead of like whatever they have to, you know, change the perspective on to treat them that in that method.
2: The street and the trucks and the protesters, well, they're gone. Hundreds of police officers began the final push early Saturday morning, many wearing helmets. By the way, there's still a whole bunch of, because I told
0: you, they all blew up, a whole bunch of channels that are still doing live streams from there. Like, let's take a look at Travel 69. And we listened in on the last day. This channel was like a three or 4,000 sub channel before the convoy. So in a single month, exploded all the way to getting, uh, you know, 4,000, 5,000 live viewers. And they're they're all talking about it. He was, he was cross collaborating with two or three other live streamers there and are like, it's just nuts. In the past couple of days, I've gone from like five to 10 of you were live to, to like 10,000 people watching. He's like, I know the world is watching us. All right, we're
2: doing it, brother. All this kind of stuff. And carrying wooden batons against a few hundred protesters, some of whom were wearing body armor, said police. Move! Some protesters also had smoke grenades, which they used against the police line. But police did employ riot control techniques, including loud bangs to scare and disorient protesters.
3: I think that's
0: the turning point that we need to see. Oh, we have time right now. This is good news. I, I can. Hey, any good news, please keep it flowing in. We got nothing but fucked up shit to talk about. So good news is nice um confirm free abortion until week 24 in Colombia with a vote for five to four against the decision implements a mixed system where it will be possible to abort without restrictions until week 24 and from then on with the three valid grounds fuck yes great news <laughs> Good to see, especially in contrast with America, which seems to be regressing in that respect. Slowly, methodically,
2: over several hours, police pushed protesters back. Officers from municipal forces in Vancouver,
0: Calgary. If you didn't know, basically the New York Times, like most American media for some reason on this topic... Uh, chose to, to say that they were being arrested at gunpoint. When you when you report on it in that method, it sounds as if the uh, police... And again, you're <laughs> it's like turning me into a police apologist. The police were standing there with guns drawn on the protesters. And the reason that, that it is misleading to state that is they weren't. I don't know what else to say. Canadian police officers advanced on demonstrators at gunpoint. No, they didn't. Like, just, just watch the footage. <laughs> I'm glad they got ratioed and they had to correct it, because... I mean that's maybe a good precedent. Ratioin on Twitter now
2: has utility. Toronto and elsewhere assisting. We are in this until it is over. Every one of our police agency partners has indicated their continued and ongoing support to work with us to finish this unlawful occupation. Many would not leave voluntarily, and more than fifty were arrested Saturday. Some had to be subdued with pepper spray. Police say they will review any complaints of excessive force, but the chief also says those protesters were warned. We also indicated that we would escalate and forcefully remove people from the streets if they did not comply. Nonetheless, some brought their children to the front lines of the confrontation, which is itself a violation of the Federal Emergencies Act. Why? Many drivers got the message and took their vehicles off the hill under their own steam. But some drivers locked themselves in their cabs and, after receiving multiple warnings from police, were forced out. Eight. Then the towing began. And all of this took place in front of West Block, where, in the House of Commons, MPs spent the day debating the use of the Federal Emergencies Act. MPs will continue to debate Sunday before voting on Monday. Citing that act... Banks had, as of Saturday, frozen 76 accounts with a combined $3.2 million in them that authorities say was to be used to support the occupation.
1: As human beings, we make choices.
2: One of those whose account was frozen? Protest organizer Tamara Leach, arrested Thursday night oh, yeah. in court in Ottawa today.
0: I've been calling her Lich the whole time, but apparently it's Leach. I don't know which one's better. Leech or Lich, you know, what is really telling about all this. By the way, the four founding members: Tamara Leech, uh, you know, Patrick King, uh, James Bowder, and BJ Ditcher. Uh, all of them in one way or another uh, were also doing something that appears at least at this point to be relatively shady Tamara for example her and the lawyer repeatedly dodged questions when they were asked where exactly is the million dollars from the GoFundMe where's that going have you had a plan are you laying out how you're going to be paying the truckers Uh, are you reimbursing them are you taking Uh, no further questions like they they weren't really willing to talk about that her and BJ Ditcher have a live stream in which they're like "Uh, yeah you know we were with TD uh, but then TD uh, we were getting worried so uh, we joined a credit union instead and then uh, the, the credit union account got frozen before we could really take out a lot of the money and uh, so uh, we've only been able to pay out like $13,000 to the truckers uh, but uh, you know when they unfreeze the account we'll be able to pay more whatever that is and then on the day of her arraignment uh, well sorry the day of her court appearance her husband flies in on a private jet Won't explain how, and I'm not saying that, you know, I have no uh, evidence whatsoever to show that maybe that could have been some of the money, or if it was a third party, simply buying it, but also strange. Strange he would fly in on a private jet uh, that A, he even has access to doing that, and then B, wouldn't explain how. Like, that's also bizarre like okay how, to, how did you afford the jet did someone pay for it is it it's like oh i'm just here for my wife you know i'm just here here for my wife and uh, we're here for for our first amendment rights uh, did, did you never read her miranda rights did you you, you should have read her the miranda rights but you didn't so i think this is a kangaroo court we should have this whole thing thrown out uh you know the first article of the constitution uh something else and then that's how we're gonna do this hey and then of course it was like what the fuck are you talking about did, you, you, you're in canada she doesn't have Miranda rights. That's that's an American thing. What, what are you talking about? Constitution. We have the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Why why are you why are you invoking the American Constitution? Like. Th- that has no power here it, it, it cannot help you like what, what are you trying to do with this if I, I i feel like so many times because like you know their understanding of the law was just so tenuous that they thought if we just say the right series of words out loud we will conjure a magic spell that'll make all of this go away and we can continue doing what we're doing so uh you know uh, say uh, up up some lord ipcas and, and then invoke uh the first amendment a couple times and then say canadian charter of rights and freedoms but then also talk about Miranda writes, and, and poof, you're free. N- nothing, nothing
2: bad has happened to you. Day, where she told the judge she's unable to pay John a Oliver 1700 hotel oh, has John done will a stay behind place? bars Damn at least it, until it. Tuesday morning, when the judge will decide if she can we'll be released on bail. You
1: please step out of the vehicle, sir.
2: It was the same with uh, Pat
0: King right. of Red Deer. And I'm going to add one thing: no one else besides uh, me has reported on Pat King's cryptocurrency scam we have no idea how much money he successfully scammed with FTC coin he was pumping this cryptocurrency called FTC freedom trucker convoy coin uh getting everyone to buy in it was the most ridiculous thing ever they had set up this website uh that was like you know it looked professional enough to I guess convince a normie but the steps were so preventative for anyone who didn't want to have to actually go through the process of okay what you got to do is you got to download this cryptocurrency wallet then you got to go and then you got to go buy real cryptocurrency so go buy some bitcoin once you've done that transfer the bitcoin into your cryptocurrency wallet once you've done that you then go on to the pancake market you go to the pancake market and you use that to transfer your cryptocurrency into FTC coin you then withdraw the FTC coin from the pancake market then put it back into your wallet and boom you're holding on to what will be the best future investment you've ever made in your life that was that was what he was basically pushing and pumping and unfortunately a handful of people were buying into it the day that this all goes down the day that he gets arrested you're watching this like that footage live on his live stream one major account so one big wallet holder suddenly just starts dumping so much ftc coin i guess changing it back into cryptocurrencies they'll be worth something uh it's what they in the industry call a rug pull something you could have probably seen from a million miles away all of a sudden the website goes down the twitter account deletes itself and now i mean the the value of it is uh, essentially worthless i mean it's so valueless it's the the line has plummeted so far down that it's like zero point zero zero nine of a cent you know virtually worthless you know it it registers as 0.00 dollars on markets now uh so i mean on one end hilarious obviously Uh, on another end very frightening because the person who is going to be essentially walking away with that crypto is people in this white supremacist network that patrick king has running and honestly to uh, people who get fooled and and, and caught up into this i mean on the one end it's absolutely hilarious that a whole bunch of people thought that patrick king was really going to be a sound investment in anything but on the other end again that money is going towards white nationalists white supremacists i don't know how much they got away with uh was it ten thousand dollars was it twenty thousand dollars thirty thousand dollars like holy fuck you know
2: Alberta. Another convoy organizer. He was in court Saturday, but he'll stay in jail until his bail hearing concludes Tuesday. But one of the convoy organizers is free. Chris Barber was released yesterday on $100,000 of bail and a promise to go to his home in Swift Current, Saskatchewan.
4: Jeff? David Aiken in Ottawa. Thanks, David.
0: Go to his home. So, uh, James Botter and his wife were arrested. They posted it to the Canada UD website. They were arrested, uh, he says, because they didn't move their RV in time. It was basically that moment where the cops are coming around his RV. Like, yeah, you got to get off the road right now. We're going to tow you. Uh, if you're not willing to comply, we're going to arrest you. And they just did a whole bunch of like, well, I can't, you know, I can't move my RV. There's snow in the way. We, we need to get the snow out of there. I don't even have, like, the, the, door, the door is shut. And eventually they got arrested. Of all of them, BJ Ditcher. Probably the biggest grifter of them all. I don't even know uh, if I would say from a monetary value because I have no evidence of that. But BJ Ditcher, once the shit hit the fan, just skip town. All of a sudden, all he does is does one tweet that was basically like, uh, thank you all for the love and support. Oh, what a great time we had. We'll all remember the memories. You know, please sign my yearbook when this is all over. I'll sign yours and uh, I'll be on Tucker Carlson tonight. Uh, enjoying all this newfound fame because i've been on tucker carlson i've been on jordan peterson probably going to be on jimmy Dore at some point i mean i've already my clips have been played on jimmy Dore's show so i've got a whole circuit now i'm 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 uh i'm a little darling superstar uh, in the conservative right so i'm gonna i'm gonna ride that train so have fun hopefully not all of you get arrested but hold the line definitely hold hold the line you know i'm i'm with you in in spirit. Uh, if not in financial assistance in any way. Because my my account got frozen. It's the government. The government's doing all this to you. Not me. Not me. Definitely. Definitely not me. So these are the kind of headlines I was seeing.
4: What's going on, everyone? Jeremy here from The Quartering. And uh, this weekend's a little bit of a heavier topics. But look, I know a lot of eyes are on the situation here in the United States, as well as I have a large group of viewers in Canada that are asking me to cover this. And like i mean they asked so nicely how am i supposed to say no i mean i've got like more maple syrup than i'll ever know what to do with now i want to start with um i was was like i i don't have the 10 minutes for him to think of every canadian series
0: hype he can off the top of his head oh and then then they're gonna play hockey and then after they do that there's gonna be a beaver and and uh, i i don't know something else what's the third canadian thing
4: the elderly woman there was a lot of Information flying around Twitter yesterday that she did not survive. So his source here is the post-millennial, by the way. This, But it appears that I want to point out that she has, uh, very luckily. Now, there's conflicting reports, but some people say that, um, you know, have come forward that Keen they Benchstein. are her family members. Um, by the way,
0: for someone like Jeremy, who always talks about how he's not on the right, uh, he seems to use them almost exclusively as a source. He's, he's picking ex-Rebel news people here, the post-millennial. Like, that's, that's definitely where you're getting your information from.
4: So we'll get into that mounted uh, mounties the police in ottawa in, endeavored to clear protesters with the freedom convoy from the thing also get, getting run over and uh, uh by the way don't blame the horses i don't blame the horses they're just doing what they're supposed to do i don't know if people were throwing things at these horses or if people were you know i don't i haven't seen any video footage of that but i have seen situations where have arrived you see these people um <laughs> We'll take- so what happened if you're watching the footage is yes a uh, a
0: horse uh well a series of horses were used as a form of crowd control to separate the front lines between the, the protesters themselves and the police i do not think that is a good police tactic to use a lot of things can go wrong and yes i will call that out uh in the event two people got thrown to the ground they were not trampled by horses like i, I think that should have been uh maybe an alarm bell to anyone who had been reading the headlines or the twitter it was like a top trending twitter story for a while yesterday or sorry on saturday as well like do do you know how heavy a horse is Do, do you think a horse jumping landing on a human face is something someone just walks off or shrugs off the two individuals in question according to the police reports got back up right afterwards and they were assisted and then there was no further injuries there was not reports of them going to the hospital. Uh, they have not, they've not done, uh, you know, uh, interviews where where they're talking about all the, the numerous things that have happened to them. Uh, that like, it, it would not have been uh, a, a story the way it laid out. Okay, the way the way it happened. Is it a good thing? No. No, that it was It was a dangerous maneuver. One that is like, I, I think, uh, you know, both for the person who's riding the horse and for who was ever conducting the operation, something that they're probably both like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. No, no one died in that process. Maybe maybe we shouldn't do that tactic anymore because everything else, like it, it may have been slower, but the techniques they were using before that, which were basically just to very slowly and incrementally move the line, gain more ground, and then, you know, uh, sanction off areas that they were making, that was working. You know, uh, so th- to be honest, th- the idea of, of uh, using those horses at that time, like that was the one moment where when we were watching live, I was like, oh, my God, in my head, I was like, it's it's about to go off because you get that very scary, tensious feeling when you watch giant crowds because we've watched so many times when it is the police. Uh, You know, going into opposition with, uh, you know, either uh, lefty uh, protesters, environmental protesters, indigenous protesters, and then there's just that that moment where, you know, everything starts to accelerate and turn violent and that didn't really happen, uh, which was what was different about watching that. But no, I'm not. I'm not endorsing that. An average horse weighs about nine hundred to two thousand pounds, depending on the size and breed. A lean racing fit thoroughbred, for example, has an average weight of nine hundred to eleven hundred pounds. Where the average Kleinsdale, I think, weighs in at eight hundred. Is that from Wikipedia, or you just know all these horse facts off the top of your head? Look, if you're watching the video. You- at either rate, the quartering, I guess, like uh, most other conservatives, is maybe the first time they've ever witnessed. Uh, you know. Uh, police and state power uh being used uh and in this case they're they're aghast they're appalled and um i mean uh, what would be nice i guess from all this is if this is the first time that you have ever experienced or witnessed this and you want to start having discussions pertaining to how this happens uh more often than not to uh various groups in canada that being of course indigenous protesters environmental protesters rather than uh you know median to affluent income level white canadians uh that's uh that's a conversation that uh could be could be broached that could be the first time we're talking about something like this but i think it's more about how uh trudeau is a dictatorship always showing the the new york times article that has uh yet to correct itself i guess at the point of his recording truckers arrested at gunpoint as police advance against ottawa protest uh of course yes they have now changed this because it was not at gunpoint did they have guns yes I mean, is this is this uh, is this is the evidence? Yes, that they, they had weapons. This this, by the way, I believe is a uh, a tear canister. It's not uh, it's not like an AR-15 or something. Disturbing visuals from the protests, Republic World, <laughs> uh, Canada show police officers charging into the crowd and at least one horse trampling multiple people. Yes, uh, these are bad things. They should be called out. Welcome to the resistance.
5: We now know that both the U.S. and Canadian government illegally collect and use your data how then are we ever to convey our discontent
0: what lance please they showed a guy with a gun when the dude busted window yes they had guns did you understand what a headline from the new york times saying that multiple people in canada arrested at gunpoint as police moved in that that draws an image in your head the police were at the barrel of a gun pointing at a whole bunch of people in line it, it, the, the front lines of that protest. And I, I'm not like, again, the weirdest thing about this, all this is people are like, well, no, Lance is a police apologist. I'm not a police apologist. I'm trying to get people to report on this event accurately. Uh, n- not to say things like that. I mean, the New York times issued a correction on that
5: already. Other than through demonstration and protest. <laughs> Hello there, you five million glorious shimmering souls. Together we awaken now. We begin to understand the way that the world operates, the way that government and media and big business function collegiately together, sometimes against the interests of ordinary people. As with this story. This came to our attention somewhat with the stuff around the truckers.
0: the um the the shooting in Portland I've seen Andy No I mean I was watching the event transpire and I, I knew exactly what pipeline was going to happen Andy know was going to push this as being uh you know the actions of Antifa and was going to do everything in his power and he was just bending over backwards doing like strange mental gymnastics to make all this thing fit and work and then of course the next day Tim Pool's gonna run with it and be like well we have a source on the ground here Andy know, has said that this was a violent attack by Antifa extremists and uh, I have no reason to consider that he would falsify that information and what do you think about this and then own and Breitbart take it up there and then uh, you know it's almost been massaged and, and spiced and, and marinated enough for prime time with Tucker Carlson and then boom Tucker Carlson comes on there and then the narrative and the whole fucking She's a pseudopede human centipede information uh, system has worked all right i see a lot of people tweeting me about ukraine we're gonna do ukraine next so the truckers yes, funding will, pages like getting
5: shut down and did you know that they were hacked and then the information was like used by government-funded media platforms who reached that. I mean, it's some shady stuff. Let's get into it. It's proper dodgy. On February the 13th, crowdfunding platform, Give, Send, Go, which was being used to fundraise for the Freedom Convoy protests, was hacked. The personal information of more than 90,000 people who donated to the Freedom Convoy 2022 campaign was stolen. Now, the Canadian government-funded media company, CBC, is using the stolen data and contacting those whose data was exposed for a story. Firstly, if there's 90,000 people willing to donate money to something, I would suggest that means a lot of people really believe in that convoy. And this has echoes of the narratives around Trump, doesn't it? Oh, these deplorables, these fringe people. Well, it seems like there's a lot of people who are interested in this movement. Now, let's get on to the meat of the matter. Edward Snowden. OK, so let's
0: explain that. The, that was by design. So the same people, the key organizers of the Trucker Convoy, started to change the messaging. That was actually James Bodder specifically, who started messaging in Canada Unity, and then that got amplified by other people. And these are the convoy organizers to move the messaging from something like anti-vax, anti-mandate, to freedom. Because, again, people... Rubes like you know Russell Brand in this case we're going to hear things like that they're going to hear freedom uh, they're going to hear a uh, call to freedom and suddenly this becomes a much more universal message cuz everyone can get behind that I mean in essence everyone is for freedom no one wants to be under tyranny no one wants to be uh you know in bondage people want to be free people yearn to be free so if we make the whole thing about freedom people like Russell Brand are going to come on the show and they're going to talk about uh in it you know Sorry,
5: I'm (laughs) a friend of the show, tweeted. (laughs) I'm not not doing my best brand today. Now that the promised invasion has failed to materialize, maybe we could take another look at the story that was breaking when the White House was suddenly overcome with a mysterious and inexplicable desire to change the news cycle.
0: Now, here's another thing. Uh, No. The, the the news cycle when it came to Russia-Ukraine was very, very loud. If anything, you can thank Canada for having something that people were distracted by in terms of which headlines am I going to click on at any given time. But that did not suddenly disappear. It's not as if that news like all of a sudden went on pause for, uh, I don't know, a period of three weeks. No one was talking about it at all. People were focusing on this because it was like, whoa, there's there's a revolution happening in Canada right now. It's It's, it's live.
5: While that story is being continually hit home, the government, the people that sort of stand in front of you with lovely little air cuts and tell you how tolerant and lovely they are, are freezing bank accounts. Can you not see in the same way that the last two years has shown you that once government has power, it's difficult that that power is rescinded, that previously implausible situations can be brought to bear? That-
0: so again, Russell Brand hasn't actually read the documents. What uh, took place in Canada, and I, uh, again, I am in opposition to this, but what took place is an inv- invocation of the Emergency Measures Act. That is something that does have checks and balances. It can only be invoked for 30 days, at which point it has to be voted on again by Parliament, or it can be dissolved by Parliament at any point in those 30 days. However, the Liberals did, yes, use this uh, for what I consider to be an overreach of power, in that they should not have the ability, the government should not have the ability, to give financial institutions the ability to freeze accounts uh, without a judge's order or due process. Now, that also has to be voted on by Parliament to remain a permanent fixture. Uh, And they're going to be debating that and going on uh, about that as well. But it's something in which there's a lot of little minute details woven into the entire thing um, that, of course, is going to get lost. Because, like, I have to think of it, if this whole thing had been taking place in New Zealand, probably I would have been getting just as many things wrong. I, I, I would have seen the headlines, and the headlines are very fetching and very catchy, where it's like, Justin Trudeau, the dictator, permanently changes the rules. They will now freeze any and all bank accounts they consider to be suspicious forever, and you see that, and immediately, of course, you're uh it doesn't matter, I think, what side of the political aisle you're on. Uh your your senses start tingling. The problem, if you take uh, I don't know, the the Kalinskis and the shoe on heads who only really wanted to talk about that is it doesn't paint a complete picture about what happened, or the Russell Brands in this case. And 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 obviously, Russell Brand has been coming at this from a very pro trucker standpoint since the beginning. He has been saying that yes, these are working class truckers fighting for freedom, and of course, ignoring all the very strong incredible ties to the far right for the organizers of the rally and then how it got taken and, and and morphed into what it became at the very end you know russell didn't like be called right wing i know he did a whole episode about it i'm, I'm not right wing in fact okay just one little fun uh clip and then we'll move
1: on to What's the agenda we need to get rid of these big pharma companies yeah like- Pfizer and Moderna. Pfizer, Moderna. Yeah, that's right. You know what? Amazon, we need to get yeah. rid of Amazon if we want to stop Ta- the social. Taxes are enough. And we don't revolt. We eat poutine. We drink maple syrup!
6: You guys need to fight for your freedom because there is an underlining agenda that's going on. I don't know how much you know. I'm not going to get into that. The
1: workers need to unite against uh, socialism. The workers yes, of the world need absolutely. to unite and, so, and seize They're the means of production absolutely. and everything. They're Thank all you. Standing up now. What do you think are some things we can do to fight the socialist mm-hmm. agenda?
7: Love truth we have to hold a line put our foot on the ground and say enough is enough the real
1: root cause of the socialist agenda is the banks yeah the big banks yeah 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 the big banks through big pharma big tech uh big media big media
7: i'm out here because we're done we lose this fight this country's over canada's always been a socialist type of country you've been living
1: under socialism for a long time because of the health
7: care Oh, yeah because of the health care and they you know they sneak it in here they sneak it in there everybody gets used to it now everybody woke up like heavily heavily woke up
1: what's the socialism like it's like you want to see a doctor and then you see a doctor and then like they don't charge you
7: it's not that great of a system guys. i mean if you had a car accident or you emergency is fast because it's
1: a socialist health care system they're using they call it like a triage
7: thing Sort of, yeah.
1: It's what we have in there. It's like, you know, you want to pay to see the doctor, you pay to see the doctor. Exactly. So, like, I can pay to see the doctor right away. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't have to wait and do this, like, socialist triage system you know, like I mean, and they have in Canada. Canada. Oh, you Canada, think these insurance companies are part of the socialist agenda? Oh, for
7: sure. For sure. For sure. 100%. It's always the same clicks making the money. You, you can have cars doing... Fifty miles at a gallon—a long time ago. Trust me, a long, long time ago. The automotive
1: automotive industry is definitely part of the socialist agenda. Right? Oh yeah,
7: for sure. I mean, they're all in bed together. It's, it's all. Oh yeah. I mean, who pays the bill? No doubt. Us. Us the the consumer, the taxpayer, the middle class. We mm-hmm. always get the bill. It's
0: true. Not enough people are willing to talk about it, but. It's, uh, it's the things that happened. This is uh, Leah Gazan on a speech.
6: ...save lives. They have been particularly important in protecting people with disabilities, those with compromised immune systems and folks with underlying conditions. We cannot forget those who are most at risk from COVID and the Omicron variant as we been, begin easing restrictions health care workers throughout this country who have sacrificed everything to save lives. Mr. Speaker, the real divide in this country is not between those who are pro-mandates and anti-mandates. It is between the wealthy elite and everyone else. Look at what's happened during the pandemic. Essential workers have kept our communities going, serving food, taking care of seniors and loved ones, looking after our kids, healing the sick. And at the same time, some of the largest corporations have made a killing while treating these very same workers as disposable. Take Loblaws, owned by Galen Weston, a billionaire whose family is the third richest in Canada. Lobslaws saw a 26% increase in their profits in their latest quarter to $431 million. Yet, they still refuse to bring back the $2 an hour pandemic pay increase they snatched away from their workers in June 2020. Or Amazon, owned by Jeff Bezos, the third wealthiest person in the world. Two of their Brampton warehouses were ordered to close because of major COVID outbreaks due to a lack of safety precautions, working conditions that one worker likened to a hell, with minimal personal protective equipment and virtually no social distancing. And This brings me back to the illegal occupation. I've said it before and I will say it again. Convoy is a fraud whose lead organizers claim to represent workers' human rights, peace and love, but in fact are deeply hostile to the working class and have direct and close ties to hate groups. It is a dangerous movement that has been allowed to get out of control by a federal government that failed to pay attention, certain official opposition party members who not only support but fueled its fire, and a minimization of the threat we are faced with, with the radicalization of individuals into white nationalist movements. It is backed by members of the ultra-wealthy, including Elon Musk, the richest man on earth who won't let his workers form a union, and Donald Trump, the disgraced former president of the United States, someone who was praised by the interim leader of the Conservative Party and a number of wealthy Canadian elites who have made five-figure donations to this illegal occupation. Mr. Speaker, I ask you, would real working-class movements— Be supported by such people? Of course not. To the public, do not let those with wealth and power distract you from the real reasons why your life is getting harder. Don't let them shift the blame away from your corporate landlord who refuses to make essential repairs, from your boss who freezes your wages while inflation eats away at your paycheck, or the credit card company that takes federal money, money while charging you exorbitant interest rates. We must fight against all forms of oppression, inequality and inequity, and that takes a functioning democracy. I also want to say to members of the government, we will be watching carefully. If there is any hint of overreach or any indication that these measures we're debating today are no longer necessary, we have been clear that you cannot count on our support. Our party fully supports the Canadian Civil Liberties Association's call for review about what has happened, and we expect a thorough and full public inquiry to identify systemic gaps in governance and policing that has resulted in this crisis. Equally as important, we will be holding this government accountable to help countless individuals in Canada who are struggling before the pandemic and are finding life even more difficult almost two years after it began. This suffering is causing alienation and despair, which is fueling the rise of extremist and anti-democratic movements. And as we move beyond this illegal occupation, we must shift our focus to raising the living standards of millions of people so we can replace that despair with hope, Mr. Speaker. We will never stop fighting to make lives better, and we will never stop fighting to defend our democracy. Thank you.
2: Castillo, I come out to our questions and comments. Uh, the Honorable Parliamentary Secretary to the Government House Leader.
0: Really, really good. Really good. Probably the best words I've heard spoken about this entire incident in uh, Parliament. So, bravo. So you've just been listening to an episode of The Surf Times, and if you enjoy it and want to see The Surf Times, you can go to WeAreSurfs.com or watch the live shows at TheSurfs.tv. And also everywhere social media is sold. Basically, TheSurfs.tv, you'll find us there. Twitter.com slash TheSurfsTV, for example. It would also help us out tremendously if you could leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed it, either on, I don't know, iTunes or wherever you're podcasting. Apparently, it does help. And yeah, we hope to see you soon.
3: To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just, we beseech thee to smite down our enemies. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are but your humble court jesters here to amuse you. To our lords, Trevor R., we give thanks for this spit of land for us to eke out this meager existence. To our knights, Merid, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruby Kelly, Ellie Leslie, Alex P., Brandon, Words Greenwood, Nate, that one guy. Hagbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Coulter Smith, Val 9000, Jenna Tal, Quiet 185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodlehawk, The Tim Caucus, Multimondi, Trevor Yanis, Lemmy 101, Anthropophogiac. Saren42, Catherine, Radical Maniac, Ramona Costa, Nkosin, Violent Orchard, Sophie Baby, Political Puppy, Andreas Chiringuito, Zach Christensen, Josh Mickelson, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajonest. We raise our flag in a veil, and we salute you, our friends.